So nearly 7.33, it's been exactly two weeks since the start of Japan's export control on key tech materials. The situation appears as uncertain as ever. Let's see if we can work out where this is heading and for how long with Professor Imen Jong from the College of International Relations at Ritsumeikan University. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, hello, good morning. Good morning to you. Japan's restrictions, is it something that had been considered or, or, or even planned for a long period, or, or was it fairly sudden? What's your insight? Yes, um, it might be uh, pretty difficult to uh, precisely, you know, analyze how long, actually, the Japanese government has planned for uh, this decision. But um, I would say uh, the retaliation itself uh, might have been prepared for long, uh, because um, they deliberate, and it shows them in their decision. It indicates that they very deliberately um, selected the most vulnerable part of um, South Korea's um, economy. Again, the semiconductor is the number one um, exporting product, and they selected, uh, again, the very deliberately, they selected the indispensable chemical material uh, to produce the uh, semiconductor. Um, so all this, like, a very deliberate decision, I will say, uh, it indicates that um, they have uh, prepared um, in a pretty substantial period of time. But it, it might be very difficult to say exactly how long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can imagine if they were looking around at their tools and weapons available, uh, <laughs> you can understand they, they, they might have chosen that one to hurt them. Uh, some critics in South Korea view Tokyo's economic retaliation um, really as a strategy to consolidate Prime Minister Abe's conservative support base before the upper house election and a general election next year. Perhaps it will benefit those things. What's your view, though? Do you think that really was the primary motivation? Well, it'll, it'll be very hard to deny, um, you know, there was certain kind of propose for the upcoming, the upcoming election, uh, the upper house election. But I um, won't say at the primary reason, and neither I would say um, other, like, for example, after the election, everything just go back to the uh, the track uh, automatically. I, I don't think so. Um, it's My this answer is actually related to the uh, the previous answer, because as long as, you know, they have uh, prepared um, in a substantial period of time and are very deliberately deselected some part, and as long as they, again, that their decision was um, that deliberate, I mean, I, um, I don't think, I can't think, again, um, after the election, everything will be just restored without any, <laughs> without any effort. Um, yep. Of course, again, the upper election is one of the reasons, probably, um, to consolidate their votings. But, you know, a South Korea-related issue cannot be really number one topic agenda for the uh, Japanese electorate. Um, so as long as the voters' priority is not really um, the South Korea-related one, again, it cannot be really dull primarism. I, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Right. Well, we have um, so much that we could say about this, but South Korea's Supreme Court decision ruling Japanese companies to compensate victims of wartime forced labor seems to be a strong motivation for mm. Japan, uh, even though it can't admit that. Um, 
The Moon Jae-in government has proposed the creation of a compensation fund through voluntary donations by Japanese and South Korean companies, mm-hmm. but that was rejected by Japan. Tokyo wants a third-party arbitration committee. What's Japan's rationale there? Do you think it would be hoping that maybe the US would uh, would be the arbitrator and would perhaps rule in Tokyo's favour? Yeah, so far it looks like, according to the latest news, so far it looks like America, uh, Washington, uh, wants to engage um, as a kind of arbitrator. Um, but um, yes, as you said, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll arguably, um, you know, the forced labor issue uh, will be probably really dot-triggering moment um, from Tokyo's point of view, uh, because forced labor um, compensation for them um, at um, pretty different from the uh, compensation for or apology for uh, the comfort women, um, uh, wartime slave, um, uh, sex uh, slave. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fundamentally different because um, you know those comfort women issues um, w- was not really fully recognized when the uh, South Korea and Japan uh, agreed on the uh, so-called 1965 agreement. Uh, but forced labor, uh, again, from Tokyo's point of view, it's is done, you know, it's done deal. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, from their point of view, you know, Tokyo's the probably um, the most, how would you say, uh, concerned thing is you know, any um, kind of possibility is um, domino effect or negative um, spillover effect um, to the other issues or even to other country. Um, to um, have some, you know, potential those those kind of you know requests um, to the uh, Tokyo, um, such as North Korea too. You know, they they didn't make any deal yet. So um, you know, those um, from Tokyo's point of view, once they accepted all the things, I mean, every other things can come up. I mean, uh, simultaneously. So um, it looks like they're really afraid of um, that kind of, you know, very negative um, domino effect. It might really shake um, the post-World War II, um, this kind of frame or the kind of paradigm. Right. Uh, so that might be really Tokyo's concern. Um, in that sense, I agree with you, probably forced labor um, compensation. That issue uh, was probably really triggering all this escalation. Mm-hmm. But arguably, it's the mm. presence, though, of President Donald Trump in the United States that has mm. shaken up a lot of the uh, the order as well. Yeah. Under President Obama, he was happy mm. even to use the word egregious with relation to mm. uh, Japan's abuse, for example, of those so-called mm. comfort women. Uh, one can imagine the U.S. still being very cautious uh, in in handling its allies in this region. But under Trump, mm. who's been playing golf with Shinzo Abe and clearly building quite a close relationship mm. with him, it, it's mm-hmm. difficult to imagine him going very hard against Japan, um, next to South Korea anyway. Um, what, what's your view? Do, do you think that... Um, this position of Japan, this targeting of South Korea, would have even been possible under another president? Or is it because of Trump that Japan feels emboldened to do this? Well, um, I can probably blame um, uh, Mr. President, again, uh, Trump alone, uh, because all this, um, how you said, the structure, uh, post-World War II structure paradigm, is about to shift um, again, the, of course, uh, Mr. Trump's that kind of very personal 
um, how you say, unique characteristic or a very good um, chemistry with the Prime Minister Abe, those things um, might not uh, be really negligible part, uh, but those are really not the reason, I don't think so, mm-hmm. uh, because all this, again, the paradigm, the grand paradigm is about to shift because, Again, all this like defense strategy, uh, thanks to the technological development, or uh, America now became more self-sufficient for um, its own energy supply. So all those things um, really um, makes America's strategy, grand strategy, global strategy change. And as long as America's grand strategy is changing, again, the alliance, um, the strategy or the policies toward this alliance will be changing too. So everything is now really fluid. Um, so as long as um, everything is really fluid, it might be really difficult to say that. I mean, um, after the Mr. Trump, you know, everything again will go back to the, for example, like a Mr. Obama's period. I um, I will be very, um, how would you say, cautious or hesitant to say like that. Right. Okay. Um, mm. Another question we have is, what options does South Korea really have at this point? It doesn't look like Japan is going to back down on historical issues in a hurry. And now that historical issues are being tied so firmly to the economy, that's a huge problem. Uh, we've been talking about this consumer boycott here in Korea. Um, the government seems to be fueling that. The media is certainly fueling it. What's your view on on the prospects here for for some sort of breakthrough or solution mm. um, I would say um, and again we are South Korea's system is liberal democracy likewise again of course Japan's system is liberal democracy too the strongest part of um, or strongest characteristic of um, the liberal democracy is resilience and diversity so the government's policy doesn't need to really, how do you synchronize with the uh, uh, public's uh, reaction. Again, the, I, I hear the South Koreans' anger, and uh, I, in some sense, I mean, to some extent, I, I agree with those, you know, those anger or, like, um, their reactions might have its own, um, its own rationale, but South Korean government um, I will say uh, they definitely need to uh, make its efforts, uh, diplomatic efforts, to um, to communicate uh, with Tokyo. Even though, of course, Tokyo's reaction might be pretty chilly, or it's not, it might not be really positive. But um, the government's role uh, should be again uh, should be really um, for um, South Korea's economy and uh, our people. Um, so, um, again, um, all this, like, the diversity, again, the government's role is one, and the public's role is another, market's role, industry's role, every, everybody's role is different. So, um, so I hope, again, to, uh, South Korean society uh, can be wisely, um, again, can be wisely uh, able to deal with <laughs> this difficulty. Yeah, of course we saw mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. kind of engagement that led to the 2015 so-called comfort women deal. I have to keep saying so-called mm-hmm. because it really didn't satisfy anyone in the end. Um, <laughs> I would, I'd like to finish, though, by asking you what mm. sentiments like in Japan. Do, do you feel any anti-career sentiment? Could, <laughs> could we see a, a reverse boycott? 
Well, I live in Kyoto, um, the how is it say, most popular probably destination for the not only just South Korean tourists for any tourist, but you know here in Kyoto we still have a very how is it say, congenial attitude uh, for South Korean tourists and South Korean students or people like me. <laughs> so, well, in the probably private level, I don't see any that kind of you know really um, negative or anti-Korean <laughs> sentiment. So again, the governments, again the government or politicians, their roles are really um, again the, the, the how do you say is great, and that they really need to work on um, for work on all, all these issues for their own people. I hope so. Well, <laughs> I hope it's they can work. <laughs> great yes. to connect with a Korean academic in Japan <laughs> this morning. Thank you very much Thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you for calling me. Uh-huh. Professor Imanjong from Ritsumeikan University.